Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And on today's podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, what are we making? We are, well, you're making, we're back to the old way. <laughs> I had made this amazing cranberry walnut pumpkin bundt cake. It was absurdly good. And the only thing that I think is it's missing a frosting, but uh, we uh, can we talk can, about that at the yeah, end. Yeah, we can make but. a quick drizzle for it. But, so Mark is going to make it like in the old days of this podcast, and I'm going to watch and I'm going to help, and then we get to have tasting and judgment again. Well, let's first of all talk about Bundit. Bundit? But the Bundit cake. The, uh, <laughs> is that like a Bundes cake? Yeah, it is just like a Bundes cake. So, um, sorry, that's a little joke on Germany there. Um, so anyway, uh, the, a Bundit cake, a Bundt cake, is a kind of American invention. It is allegedly from German or Scandinavian models. But honestly, it has become an all-American thing. Uh, started in the Midwest in a hot cell <laughs> in the 50s and 60s, I guess, and then shot across the United States. So for those who don't know what a bun cake no is, you one clearly, listening well, doesn't know what maybe a bundt cake is. Some of these millennials don't know what a bun cake is. Oh, it's, nice. a, it's a cake in a ring mold, and it's got ridges on the top. Those are probably the same millennials that don't know what voting means either. We're okay. recording this after uh, the election, yes. so if uh, a little gallows humor <laughs> slips in here, we're very sorry about that. So remember in the 70s, I came up with all those mixes for bun cakes called like the Tunnel of Fudge? Oh! <laughs> They it did. Like a, well, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that was, it. But, um, that was like the famous one. Yeah, it, it was the famous Tunnel of Fudge one. And I remember, you know, I'm old enough. It's actually, I thought it was more of a 70s thing, but I'm certainly old enough to remember the Tunnel of Fudge. And, um... Yeah, anyway. And maybe if we're are... real lucky, I'll find the <laughs> jingle I wrote when I was in advertising in the early 80s for a tunneled, filled bunt cake. Oh. It's all about Pillsbury, and it was all about, oh, they love to find surprises in lots of shapes and sizes. Oh! So hidden in the middle of this tunnel bunt is where the prize is. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like dating. <laughs> Those were great lyrics. Oh, they love to find surprises. In lots of shapes and sizes. Yeah, that's really the (laughs) essence of dating. Um, So let's get get to this. So what you need to do first is get your oven heated. Now, notice I didn't say preheated, and that will come Uh, up in a future podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm going to – and then I'm going to do something here. This is Bruce's recipe, so – I'm going to follow Bruce's recipe, but I'm going to complain. Uh, I have to take this bunt bundt pan. And what is this? This is a standard 10 cup. This bundt, is a 10 uh, to 12 cup. It's a 10 inch bunt. Okay. It's a 10 inch bunt bundt cake pan, which is the standard one. Yep. And Bruce wants me to coat the inside of it with nonstick baking spray. I love nonstick now, baking let's spray. Just, let, let me say two things. First of all, we're talking about baking spray, which is a combination of flour and fat. Which you can use in baked products. It's not just baking spray, but it's not just, I mean, nonstick spray. Right. It's baking spray. It's baking spray. And secondly, I hate this crap because <laughs> I am just so old school that I want to, you know, this cake is going to be made with shortening, but I, I so badly want to smear shortening on the inside and flour it. But it is tough in a bunt pan. You couldn't get enough shortening into every nook and cranny uh, of those ridges in a bunt pan. My and grandmother so, did it. Yeah, but then you probably have so much shortening in there that it melts and fries the oh, outside. My of the grandmother cake. did it. So by the time you unmold it, you have a fried outside. My southern grandmother <laughs> fried her cakes. The, uh, 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 so I'm going to use this baking spray and it's going to coat the inside of this 
pan a bit and 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 let me also say that uh when we say coat the inside of the pan you, this comes from hard one experience because we have actually written recipes in our now going near 20 years of doing this in which uh people have questioned us whether they were supposed to coat the inside or the outside of a pan or butter <laughs> the inside of the outside at of least pan. those people asked there were oh. some people who said Hey, I buttered the pan and it slipped out of my hands. Oh, <laughs> gosh. So, you know, you butter uh, the stupidity of the average person. Uh, now, the thing about these sprays uh, is they do cloud up a bit. So I like to either go out and do it in the backyard. When we lived in Manhattan, I used to go out in the hallway oh, and do it. Oh, And the area so in bad. front of our door got so slippery. Oh, my God. You could, it was like glass <laughs> out in front of our door. It was like ice glass. And you just like slip along Did the we mention floor. there were a couple of 90-year-olds oh, on our floor? It was so gross. And the wall <laughs> of our apartment, the outside wall of our apartment in the hallway, was just brown with, with spray. It was disgusting. So anyway. So spray the inside of your okay, pan. Okay, we've done that. So okay. now I'm going to mix my dry ingredients together. Now, remember, you don't have to copy any of this down. It's all on our website cooking with bruce and mark and you can get the recipe there and i want to say before we even make this that this is great holiday fare so oh you're yeah gonna want this recipe so i've got two cups of all-purpose flour not cake flour right nope, all just purpose. all-purpose flour. bruce got this stuff out here for me so two cups of all-purpose flour and two teaspoons of baking powder two teaspoons of cinnamon here comes all the spices a half a teaspoon of nutmeg and then a quarter teaspoon of baking soda and a quarter teaspoon of salt and you all know why he's doing that in advance and not just dumping these in later right when you mix your dry ingredients they get evenly blended so that when you mix the flour in you don't mix the salt separately and you end up with one bite of cake that's all salt and one bite of cake that's all and nutmeg let me also say that that the standard recipe verbiage don't you like that? I pronounce the I in verbiage. In the sand recipe verbiage is that you uh, do this with a whisk. You whisk all these dry ingredients together. Because they've mixed together. Correct. Easier. But my mother and my grandmother always used a fork. And I have to say that when I do this on my own, I reach for a fork every well, single time your blood. to do it. And maybe may I say with a fork, it's easier to clean up because a fork just goes in the silverware bit of the dishwasher. It doesn't take up excess space the way a whisk does. Are we worrying about a whisk space in the dishwasher I now? am. I Break am totally vote. worried about it. So, so now this is a big mixer cake. We're back to the mixer. Okay, so we're going to do this in the mixer. But we're not using the whisk in the mixer. We're using the paddle. Okay, that's important. Why not? Because paddles do a much better job of blending a cake batter without adding too much air. Now, if you only have a hand mixer, now, I was going to to then you, you use question. a hand mixer. That's all there is to it. And it'll come out perfectly fine. It might be a little lighter, actually, a little airier. Um, but for the most perfect texture that I'm going for, I use the paddle. So the first thing we're going to do is cream the shortening with the sugars, right? Yep. So I'm going to take, this is 10 tablespoons of shortening. Now, honestly, this represents five ounces of solid vegetable shortening. I want to talk about that in a minute. But... Uh, it is, for me, so much easier to put the bowl on a scale and zero it out and then add shortening until I get to five ounces. And I know that's not the American I way. I taught him that. Isn't I, that nice? I know that's not the American way, but it is so much easier to get it done. It's also more precise because if you try and put – Precise doesn't sell. Easy sells. <laughs> okay. It's so much easier yeah, because to you don't have to no, try, it is more precise. But you yeah. don't have to try and get shortening out of every – nook and edge of the measuring cup yeah. and it's does the shortening doesn't come off easily no no it doesn't so you put the bowl right on the scale you throw in the shortening till you, you get to you five put the bowl ounces. on the scale and you zero it right. out 
and then the kitchen scale, and then you put in five ounces. And if if it when I've said this before, when I am ruler of the universe, and note there's no if, just when. When I am ruler of the universe, we shall all do all cooking by weight. If Donald Trump could be president, you could be ruler of the universe. Oh, there we go. We're back to the election. <laughs> so I'm going to put that. I'm going to put a cup of granulated white sugar. I wish I could do this by weight, but I'm just doing it by standard American be- volume because it's easier. And well, no, actually, in this case, to have it on the scale and then. Add sugar until I get to a weight again is easier. But okay, whatever. A cup of granulated white sugar and a half a cup of packed dark brown sugar in here. I'm going to click it, the bowl, onto the machine, and I'm going to turn it on to cream it. Now, while this is going, let's say something about shortening. There are many kinds of shortening out on the market. And <laughs> the typical one that you probably all are familiar with is uh, Crisco. Which it's an all vegetable so shortening. So easy if you're a southerner just to lick it off the spoon. Just, oh. <laughs> just straight lick it up. Gross. Mm-hmm. But there, my grandmother would dip it in the in the shortening in the Crisco, and then you know there would be some left on the spoon. She would always sprinkle sugar on that and hand it to me. Crisco with sugar on. It. At least put some <laughs> vanilla in it too, so it's a true Oreo filling. But that Crisco, it's a hydrogenated fat, which is why it's solid at room temperature and it's fine to use. It makes a perfectly good cake. But if you're Concerned about hydrogenated fats, there are non-hydrogenated shortenings. It's spelling press, right? Yep. And stuff. you can uh, Earth Balance is one that I like, and you can get it in the refrigerator section in the supermarket, and you could use it just tablespoon for tablespoon for the shortening. It's hard. It's sometimes hard to find, right? In standard supermarkets. It's sometimes it is. And to be honest, we use, a, we it, use Crisco this morning. And it's always near the butter, right? It's, it's always with the margarines and stuff. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's it. They are expeller pressed, non-hydrogenated vegetable shortening. Now, my kosher grandmother would always, she would have always have used margarine in anything like this. And, Ugh. you know, if you want to use margarine... It's that fake flavor that it's, just gets I don't me. like the taste of it. We're not, we're not using butter here. Right. Because we want a cleaner taste. Yeah, I didn't want the butter flavor, because butter's got a very potent flavor. Because there's so much, I believe the technical cooking term is crap, going on in this recipe. There is. We haven't gotten to that crap yet. We well, talked about we did cinnamon a little. and nutmeg. Yeah, but, okay, so... But there's a lot of other good This stuff. has been going around and yep. around and around, and I'm going to scrape down the side of the bowl. I'm going to turn it off. Now I'm going to scrape down the side of the bowl and turn it back on and just keep this going. And I'm going to get it a little light and fluffy. And it doesn't take very long. No, it's a short No, thing. and your eggs are at room temperature. I took them out about two hours ago. So now you can put those in. Okay, so in now they're... In typical fashion, one at a time. They're good and salmonella lace. That's good. <laughs> so I'm going to crack them. And maybe we're going to come back and talk about cracking Okay, wait eggs, a second. Wait a second. Room temperature does not cause salmonella. Oh, sure it does. <laughs> If it's sure not it there to begin with, it ain't going to be there just by being a real Sure it does. And your fri- refrigerator kills it, don't you know that? Uh, so anyway, um, uh, one at a time, they've gone in. Now, here's the second one. And they're in, and we're now ready. That's all getting gushy and good in there. And I'm ready to add the pumpkin. And I'm adding one and a half cups of canned solid pumpkin. Do not use pumpkin pie mix. We're talking solid <laughs> pack. Pumpkin. Well, I mean, they sell pumpkin pie mix right next to the solid pack pumpkin. And it's easy to mistake and grab it. Now, so. for all truth and honesty, I roasted a pumpkin. Oh, here we go. And I scooped out the flesh and I put it in a sieve to drain oh, it. Oh, here we go. And Mark is using my home roasted pumpkin. Yes, that's pumpkin true. Pumpkin grown by my friend Sylvia Abbott. Uh, that's true. 
But, okay, you can just use the can. If you have dogs in your house, right, you should always have canned pumpkin on hand, because always. when dogs have digestive issues, and yes, so uh, not vomiting, the not other one. The other end. It actually helps uh, tighten them up. Tighten it up. It does. You just <laughs> add a couple tablespoons of it's, pumpkin to their food. Because it's high fiber, so it's like you taking citrusella metamucil when you've got the runs. Well, which actually can cause the runs, but what they say, right, is to overdose on yes. citrusella. Uh, oh, yeah, overdose How on metamucil, and it absorbs How did we get to this discussion? Anyway, because we're old. Uh, oh, well, true. <laughs> anyway, okay, forget that. Forget that. Anyway, it's one and a half cups of canned pumpkin. For God's sake. And that's going to go in and get blended up with two teaspoons of vanilla. And then I'm going to add all of this good stuff. That's a cup of chopped walnuts. What else do I got here? You got a cup of dried cranberries. Okay. And preferably unsweetened if you can find them well, unsweetened. those are really hard to find. Everybody can find the craisins. I the know. cranberry raisins that are sweetened. Well, unsweetened are hard. You know what? If that's what you find, that's perfectly okay. And then you've got one of my favorite ingredients of the holidays. It's a cup of diced candied orange peel. Okay, now... Let's talk about this before we move on. So this is basically you, what your standard chopped orange peel that goes into fruitcake. And in our stop and shop, they would, believe it or not, was a whole fruitcake section oh. with endless you containers. You can tell you live in New England. There's a fruitcake <laughs> section. Endless containers of candied pineapple, glacé cherries, red and green. They just ought to put a big sign, grandmothers go here. <laughs> well, just grandmothers right here. I clean them out because oh, you can't nice. get this stuff after the Thanksgiving. The old ladies hate you. <laughs> so, so you're putting that in. So diced candied orange peel. This yeah. is this is that just standard fruitcake orange yep. peel, right? Yep. And what if I can't find this diced candy? If you can't find it, then just up your walnuts and cranberries by a half a cup each to get the same volume and put um, a half a teaspoon of orange extract. And that'll give you the orange flavor. Could I flavor. put orange zest in it too instead Shoot, of sure. orange extract? Sure, you could do that. I could zest an orange and put it in it. Yep. Okay. So those have all mixed in. They're beautiful. So now it's time for your dry ingredients. So I'm going to turn my mixer off. I'm going to add all my dry ingredients. And this is the part that always kills me because I would, of course, take the paddle out and fold it a little in. But Bruce honestly always just puts the mixer back down and turns it on low. Yep. I turn on low and I let it go in. I am not one to just mix it just until the flour is incorporated, especially in a cake like this, a dense pound cake style bun cake. I want you to turn that on and let it go. Okay, but I'm going to turn it low so yes. I, don't, I don't blow flour on us. Thank you. And you can see how quickly it's incorporated. I mean, it's really going in like another five seconds and this is really going to be just about done. And that's looking pretty good. Okay, so I'm going to put it, I'm going to turn this off. I'm putting it in my bunt pan and I'm going to I'm going to do that for a bit and then we're going to bake this thing for an hour and 10 minutes. So as I get it in the bunt pan and take our hour and 10 minute baking break, let's uh let's just call cut and come back. Okay. So Mark baked this for an hour and 10 minutes. We've unmolded it. It's cool enough to eat and I got to tell you the house smells like the holidays. It smells like Thanksgiving. It smells <laughs> it like It smells Christmas. like despair and bitterness. What? <laughs> it I'm doesn't sorry, what? Sm- no, it doesn't smell like the Jewish holidays. That would be like fried oil and mm, candle wax. Fried oil. I love <laughs> fried latkes, oil. Latkes. Oh, it doesn't right. smell like latkes. We're in our, in our house latkes and pork loin. No, this this, this definitely yeah. smells like Jesus. So <laughs> um mm. oh man. This is mm. when as as Auntie Mame said, when you need a little Christmas, right this very minute, Is that what make she this said? little bun cake. Did she say it with her mouth full? <laughs> um, I sang it about as well as Lucille Ball did. Oh, well, let's not talk about it. Don't go there. <laughs> Lucille Ball is a goddess. Um, 
So this cake, like I like Bruce said, is dense. It's more pound cake-ish than mm-hmm. you might be expecting. It's not a light fluffy genoise or no. a sponge or anything well, like look that. Look what went into it, 18 pounds of ingredients. Right. It's very dense. It's very chewy. It's delicious. And mm, so mm. I complained earlier that there was oh, it's really great. You know what it needs? It needs a nice cup of tea for me, like a really nice cup of uh, black tea. Uh, I want to toast a slice of this and then smear some cream cheese on it. That would also also good. Don't yeah. put salmon on it though. Just, no. just toast it. The other in cream thing cheese. you could do is you could you could fry it up in a little butter and then put maple syrup on it. Right, it is that dense. Yeah. We should say, and it, it's it. This thing will freeze beautifully. Mm-hmm. You can once it's cooled completely, you can cut off a quarter of it. Let's say, and uh, you know, I would advise if you really want my opinion, like you do. Um, they did tune in to listen to you. I guess so. I would I would cut it into quarters and I. Would keep a quarter to eat now and put the other three quarters in plastic wrap in various pieces in the freezer and then they're ready to go for holiday breakfasts put them out on the counter overnight there it's totally good but i complained about a lack of a frosting now you can't freeze it with a frosting on it you have to freeze it unfrosted so what would you do for a frosting for this i thing? would do something as simple as taking a little bit of um, powdered sugar and a little bit of lemon juice or even orange juice would be better. I would take powdered sugar and I would start drizzling in orange juice, whisking it just until it got thin enough to drizzle. And that's it. Two ingredients. Maybe you could put a little vanilla too. And then drizzle that over the top. Right. Yeah. And it's remember, when you're doing frostings like that, you can always add more liquid. You can never add less liquid. <laughs> like if you get it too runny. You're then gonna, you're going to have to add more powdered sugar. It, it and becomes then, a whole education. It becomes that kind of thing, you know, where you try and level the legs of a coffee table. Yeah, and you just keep you, cutting them and off. And you end <laughs> up with just like a flat board on the floor. Right. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So just remember, go very slowly with adding the, the lemon juice as you whisk it. And you'd have this nice glaze. But again, let me remind you, you can't freeze it with the glaze on it that has to be when you're ready to serve it right. you put a glaze on it now i want to also acknowledge that we i did not even throw a tasting and judgment out there for mark because i knew this was going to be so fabulous oh thanks there was nothing to judge okay well that's thanks so that seems to be it this, so, we we've done our wow did we did a holiday cranberry walnut pumpkin bunt cake yum for more fabulous recipes and listening to mark cook and sometimes my judging, sometimes not. Tune in to Cooking with Bruce and Mark every Friday. And to hear us debunk major culinary myths, one after the other. I think we're up to five billion at this point. Check the short episode of the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, every Tuesday. <laughs>